Welcome, everyone, back to another episode of the Knicks State of Mind podcast with your hosts, Chip Murphy and co-host Jeff Campbell. We are continuing our draft series, and today's episode, we are very happy and pleased to have on a member of the coaching staff for the Davidson Wildcats. We have assistant coach Matt McKillop on the podcast. Coach McKillop, what's going on? How are you doing today? Doing great. Doing great. It's been a wild world in college basketball with NIL and the transfer portal. So talking about uh, talking about NBA draft is a, is a nice little break. Yeah, the transfer portal um, has been getting a lot of press these days. I know that depending on where you fall on the spectrum, there are some coaches that are really not a huge fan. Um, and on the other side of it, that there's some programs that can really help, you know, if uh, a player feels they're not getting uh, – the time or shine in, in some areas, but um, yeah, I'm sure it's a busy time for you guys, um, for sure. Yeah, there's positives or negatives to everything. It's just uh, being the first spring, everybody's dealing with it. It's it's new territory we're all tiptoeing through. Absolutely. So. And uh, so we are very pumped to talk with you tonight about one of the prospects that I, I want to say maybe prior to January or around January started to get really a lot of national buzz. Uh, You know him, of course, for the past three seasons, uh, but we're getting to know him a lot this year. Of course, I'm talking about Hyungjun Lee, um, the very talented shooter at Davidson. Um, You know, one of the first questions that I wanted to ask, you know, I I read a lot that the media um, from Korea, where he's from originally, was attending a lot of the Davidson home games. How do you think he handled that pressure? He is one of four players from Korea that have ever played Division One basketball. Um, how did he handle that type of attention this year? Well, it, it wasn't just home games; it, it was road games, and uh, it, it was it was always pretty neat. We we played games in New York City. We played games in DC. Uh, when I'm thinking of conference games, um, Philadelphia, so some bigger cities where there may be a nice uh, Korean community there that was, is aware of Lee and, and interested in supporting him. So every, every game we played in a bigger city, especially you look in the crowd and you see Korean flags and you see a big group of people. And then they were hoping to speak to him before the game, um, right before warmups. And then, and then would wait around after the game for him. And we had a pretty large contingent of, of fans who consistently made it to, to our games. There was a, there's families and a group of people in Atlanta that I feel like they drove up to almost every single weekend game that we played here at Davidson. Uh, it, it, it was, it was amazing for him to receive that type of support. But like you said, there, there was a lot of pressure. Um, and I remember I was walking to the locker room before a game one time and he was walking in the same direction. And he said, I, you know, I waved like, I'll, I'll be able to talk to you guys after the game. So there was this, it, it was so neat because they were, they were so proud of him. Um, and, and I don't I don't fully understand all the cultural aspects of being being Korean, but I, I, there really is something to be said for how they treat their elders and, and the amount of respect that they they have and they like to show for people that show support basketball or anything else. And um, and, I, and I, I feel like I got that got some sense of that with, with Lee and, and, and what this past year was like for him and all that attention that he received. He never he never showed that he was feeling too much pressure because he usually performed pretty 
pretty impressively. But you can tell when he had a, a, a poor game, it wasn't just I didn't shoot the ball well or maybe my NBA draft stock or my numbers dropped. Um, he felt like he was letting some people down. And um, I, I know he I know he erased his Instagram or he turned off comments on his Instagram. I, I couldn't tell you exactly what it was. But I know he, he eliminated his social media presence or his social media um, need to get on his phone and, and jump on social media because of, because of some of that pressure. So in the gym every day, you never saw it. You never really felt it, but yeah, you had to feel for him on some of those days where he didn't play his best and he had to go speak to these people who had made an effort to go out of their way to come and see him. On that vein, um, you know, Lee had played, uh, I think with team Korea as part of the Asia cup in FIBA. Um, and, you know, he, he had some great highlights in that tournament. How do you think that prepared him for the season? Did you see anything different in him coming into um, his junior year that maybe you didn't see in, in the previous two years that he was at Davidson? Well, well, I think he put himself on the radar of NBA teams in a way that he maybe hadn't done in his freshman and sophomore year because he did it at an international level and a very high level. Um, he, they played against uh, – they played against, I think, uh, Slovenia and, and Lithuania when they were playing in the Olympic qualifiers. So teams that had NBA players on them, and he was the leading scorer, I believe, for that Korean team. And he was, he was very effective in those games. And uh, one, it, it allowed him to, to put himself on the radar, but two, just the level of confidence he had coming back to Davidson last summer. Um, you felt like you were walking into the gym with somebody who knew they, was a, they were a pro every single day. Uh, he always had a pro's approach, the way he would stretch and have a pre-practice routine and get on the court very early and go through his shooting. Like he, he'd always had a really good approach, but I feel like the approach this past year was a little different once he played as well as he did in, in the international games last summer. Matt Lee's elite skill is his shooting. We know that he's a career 40% three-point shooter, five attempts per game. He's like his, you know, his three point numbers went down this year and he still shot 38% from three, but he was able to, I know your offense involves a lot of movement, a lot of passing, a lot of being able to read the defense. Can you talk a little bit about how exactly you used Lee and how that could project to him being in the NBA? Yeah. Um, like you said, our, our offense, uh, a lot a lot less ball screening and handoffs, I would say, than most college basketball teams and a lot more off-ball screening and cutting than most college basketball teams. Uh, we will use enough ball screens, and Lee was put in those. Uh, we do use a good number of handoffs, and Lee was very effective in those as well. But I think, I think the one thing that he was, he was very attracted to about Davidson was the way that we would utilize our, our shooters and our players off the ball with the number of screens we set and with the number of cuts that we use for, to score. Um, and he's terrific at, at, at those. And we were constantly trying to find different ways to put him in screening actions because teams would, would, teams would really just try to be as physical as possible with him. And he is a little undersized and he is a little on the skinnier side. And uh, we had to find ways that we always use the term loosen him up. Somehow we had to get some, some freedom between him and his defender. And it wasn't as easy as just, hey, let's go set another screen for him. We had to put, put him in different ball screens or put him in different areas of the court, um, even, even taking handoffs from guys coming out of the post. Um, so we, we had to find different ways because of the, the way that teams were so focused on, on guarding him and stopping him. But he, he has an absolutely relentless motor. Um, you know, we don't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't use like some of the 
catapult is one of the GPS systems that you could use. We don't, we don't use that, but if you were to track his steps during a game, I would think it would be on the top tier of college basketball because he's not playing point guard where he's going end to end, but he is cutting for 30 seconds yeah. of the shot clock. And our, our offense is built. Like we want to score fast. You know, if you look at some of the advanced statistics, like Ken Palm, our tempo isn't one of the top teams in the country or even close. We do want to score fast, but if we don't, we, we really utilize our motion offense to cut and screen and cut and screen and cut and screen. And usually a guy like Lee or some of our other players can shake themselves free over the course of a possession. And that's where he was at his best because he just had stamina and a motor that was nonstop. Yeah. When watching highlights of him, watching him in games, I noticed he scored a lot, not just on the three, but cut into the basket on layups and stuff. Is that something he was able to do right away or did he learn skills like that? He, he was a great cutter when he arrived at Davidson. He went to the uh, NBA Global Academy in Australia, and they are so incredibly well coached, and he back cut a ton in their offense. So this, this sounds crazy and maybe makes me, us sound like we're not the smartest guys around, but, but when we recruited him, he was like – Josh Giddy was on his team, a guy named Mojave King who has been on NBA draft boards. Dyson Daniels had played with him. He was on a potential first-round pick this year. So he was playing with some elite players and he wasn't the most prolific scorer in their offense. So he shot the ball well, but he didn't shoot it at a high volume in the games that we watched of him. So the things that stood out to us were um, like his IQ off the ball defensively, believe it or not. I mean, he's, I think defense will be one of the knocks on him coming into the draft, but you could tell he, he knew how to play team defense. He works really hard defensively. He, he, yeah. he works very hard and, and he's really, he's really um, detailed about his technique. But then from an offensive standpoint, we loved the way he cut and we loved the way he passed. And we thought he was a good shooter. But we, the more we spoke with some of his coaches, we learned that he's this exceptional shooter. We had to see it to believe it when he got here, but it didn't take very long to see that. I think um, along that lines, um, one of the things I was also looking at, and of course this could be for um, a number of different reasons, but I did notice a, a little bit of a drop in terms of the shooting efficiency. I mean, he had a 50, 40, 90 year, his sophomore year. Um, do you attribute that in terms of, uh, the field goal percentage and three point drop just to teams keying in on him more, um, in terms of their defensive game plan or any other factors? I think that's a, the biggest piece of it. I think um, we, we saw some junk defenses, if you will, this year, you know, some, some triangle and twos, some teams that top locked him the entire game, um, which was great for him because he's going to see that at the next level. Um, that, that, that was the biggest piece of it. I also think that our, the role he played for us was, was, was a bit different in the sense that we asked him to score more and do more. And, you know, his numbers would be you know, from, from a production standpoint are, are fairly similar, but the year before Kellen Grady had the ball in his hands. Kellen's another guy who, you know, may, may get some attention as a, as an NBA draft pick, second round pick this year. But, but um, Kellen was a prolific scorer, but, but he was fairly ball dominant um, and we needed him to be. So Lee was kind of playing off of Kellen or playing off of our offense a lot. This year we were playing off of Lee and our offense was playing through Lee a lot more. So it put him into some, some shots that were more challenging. And, you know, somebody's, Somebody's defended Leaf now for two years. They have maybe a, a sense for doing that a little differently when, when you get to conference play. I think when we entered conference play, his numbers were significantly higher, which is probably common for most NBA-level players. But, um, but when, when def team defenses know how to defend you a little bit differently because they're experienced in guarding the Davidson offense or in guarding Lee, you sometimes see those drops. 
I, I really do think it was the way people keyed in on him. But what, what you ended up seeing a lot was how, how good of a playmaker he can be and, and some of the passes that he's capable of making because he's got great size and, and length, and he can pass over defenses that really try to trap him or show up on screens. Uh, Matt, is there any area of Lee's game you, you think – because now is the year that he really started to, like you said, came on NBA team's radars. When he realized, like, okay, now I can play in the NBA, I realize this is a possibility. Would you say there's any area of his game more so than any other that he's interested in improving on? Yeah, I would say from the offensive side um, – everybody talks about being able to get separation for a shot. Now, I don't know if that's a role teams will want him to play. I think teams would want him to be like Duncan Robinson coming off screens and coming off handoffs and being a court spacer and, and being such a threat in that way. You know, I think, I think when teams were able to beat him up a little bit, I say beat him up when they were able to be physical with him and run him off screens or top lock him on screens and the ball ended up in his hands. He did have a difficult time against the physical athletic defenders, which is what he's going to see at the next level. Again, I don't know that that's what a role that anybody would expect him to have at the next level, at least, at least early on, if, if he were fortunate enough to make it. But I think there were some times that that was exposed a little bit this year. Um, and then, I mean, the obvious thing I think would be what he's capable of doing on the defensive end. And, and the one unique thing about him in terms of, of strength development is that he he came here as a freshman and that was when we were in Brooklyn for the Atlantic 10 tournament and we got sent home because of COVID and he flew right home to Korea. So he never had a postseason strength and conditioning program with, with our team and our strength coach here at Davidson, which, you know, he, he worked hard when he was back home in Korea, but I think he was going to like a, you know, a fitness center that didn't have nearly the equipment or the attention to basketball fitness. And I don't mean to be disrespectful of the people he worked with back home because I know they had the best thoughts in mind, but I, I know that it wasn't as regimented as it would have been here. And then um, after his sophomore year, most classes were remote. So he was able to actually go back to Korea immediately after his sophomore year ended because he would have had to quarantine upon arrival in Korea and then jump right into um, training camp with the national team. So he wanted to get home, quarantine, and then be able to train to be ready for the trials as opposed to have to start trials fresh out of a quarantine or not fresh out of a quarantine, I guess. So again, the summer, like he was, it was terrific for him basketball wise because he was able to prove what he could do uh, at the, in, on the international level, but he wasn't really able to answer the questions about how he could physically develop. So, um, you know, I know if he would have been here, we would have been very excited about him, what he could have done in the weight room for the past six weeks and then going forward through the summer. So I think he's, he's really got to jump in him in terms of how he can develop physically. And I've, I think that like Duncan Robinson, you said, I've seen the Duncan Robinson comparison for him in all the podcasts you listen to and the articles you read. And like Duncan Robinson, I think the height is a huge advantage for him because that's what yeah, you know, he, everybody mentions first about Duncan is how easy it is to get a shot off because of the quick release and the height. Yeah. And, and oddly enough, Duncan Robinson chose Michigan over Davidson. Oh, I didn't even know that. He took an official visit here. We had dinner with him and, and you know, and, had him and his mother here and um, it was us in Michigan and wow. coming from Williams, we felt he was going to fit in great yeah. and really see himself fitting in at a small liberal arts school. Yeah. Um, and then you know, went to Michigan, obviously and the yeah. rest is history. <laughs> but, um, but I, you know, I, I haven't evaluated or broken down Duncan Robinson's game aside from just, I see him drilling shots and looking great as an NBA player and somebody I wish would have been a team. <laughs> but, but I, I, Lee has, a, has unbelievable vision 
he can really see, and that allows him to be a great passer. And, and now those passes are coming from such a high angle. Um, and, and he does shoot the ball from high. He shoots it from above his head. So it's, you could contest his shot, but if his feet are set, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily matter. Now, if you run him, make him move a little bit or get off balance, that's one thing. But, but you, could, you, could, you could have a really good closeout and think you've done your job on him, and he's still able to you know, see the rim like he needs to to get the shot off the way he wants to. Coach, um, uh, one thing, as you're talking about Lee, I'm, I'm really interested to know, what is the question that you're getting asked most of when NBA teams are calling about Lee? And uh, if you can divulge this information, I know you can't say who, but um, about how many teams uh, have called regarding Lee so far? I don't know that I've got a great answer to that because some, some scouts would reach out to myself or Will or one of our other assistants That's or our head coach or, 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 or we even had somebody who uh, works in our development office who used to work in basketball. People have reached out to him. So, um, so I, I can't speak to the, the total number of calls, but um, I, I, would, I would think in the last 12 months we, we've heard from almost every, every organization or if, if not you know, two-thirds of them. Um, you know, the questions they always ask are, are – less about the basketball things. It's always about off the court. Um, it's about his work ethic. It's about his family. And that's such an easy thing to answer for Lee because he eats, sleeps, and breathes basketball. Um, he uh, – and, and the, the really the only the only thing he does socially I get the sense of is he, is he does a lot of YouTube videos and interviews with some people back home in Korea. And because and, and that's what – that's, you know, he's – He's in the gym. He has his routine. He does his stretch. He comes back late in the evening. And his best friend, I shouldn't say his best friend, but because I don't want to speak for who he thinks his best friend is, but who, who our coaching staff would think is his best friend is Jordan Krause, who's one of our managers. And he's his best friend, and he's a shooting buddy. And they come in the gym late at night, and they get, they get their work. They, Lee gets a workout in it. This is in season. This is out of season. And that's I – think, I think the guys who make it in the NBA and the guys whose names are going to be called on draft night, they, they have – they're doing something like that. And, and that's because I know that's what Steph Curry and his teammates and Clay Thompson, I know that's, that, that's the way they're made, the way they are made up. But um, the, the character questions are, are always the ones that we are hearing. And, and that's been the case for all the NBA prospects that we've had, or that, that maybe didn't necessarily get drafted, but that we've had here at Davidson over the years, because I feel like the guys that we've had with the exception of Steph, or maybe those fringe guys, like are they second round or first round pick? Are they, late second round or early second round or they undrafted or, or late second round. So it's those little pieces of information that can make or break someone that someone is going to take a chance on. And Lee answers those questions as well as anybody we, we've ever had. He's a, he's a machine that every single day, you know who you're getting when he walks into the gym and he walks onto the practice court. And like I said, like we talked about earlier, there, there were some outside pressures that he was, I'm sure he was dealing with, but he, we had to almost look to, to see just how okay he was because he wasn't going to let it affect the way he practiced or performed every day. Yeah. One thing, is, um, oh, sorry, Jeff, go ahead. My bad. Uh, Coach, one, thing, one other thing I just wanted to ask you uh, along that line, one thing I always enjoy asking the assistant coaches we have on is how they compare in the film room in terms of uh, other players that you've had. Obviously, we know all about Steph Curry, but some of the great Davidson players that you guys have had come through the program how does Lee compare in his um, ability to process the game? I know you talked about his IQ. He started up with NBA Global Academy. So the, the research I've done on them, all those guys, 
seem to really think the game in a, in a really positive manner. But just in terms of, you know, your time with the program and, and how he, um, you know, understands defensive schemes and, and whatnot, how does he do in that area? Um, significantly better than when he arrived because the language barrier now is, is almost non-existent. Um, he, oh man, I'm going to have my years wrong. So he would have arrived at Davidson in 2019. And I believe he started learning English in 2017, maybe 2016. And just two totally different languages. I mean, a character language compared to what, you know, English is just, just it's not something you just pick up and you could take Rosetta Stone. It's, 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 it's extreme. And what he did in two years is, is unbelievable to learn English. And he did it because he wanted to come to the college because he thought that was the pathway for the MBA through the MBA Global Academy. So as, as a freshman, he's nodding at everything. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Right. And then, you know, you find out at the end of the year, like, I, I didn't know what you guys were talking about. I didn't, I didn't understand, but I didn't want you to think that I didn't understand. Um, he was always asking for more in terms of what we could give him to help him learn. Um, and I, and one of our former staff members, Brian Sullivan, um, he, he put together so many videos uh, for Lee with like a tag on it, like a defensive technique. This is the, this is what you're hearing every day in practice. This is the scheme that you're seeing in this drill. This is the play call. This is the action, you know, all the different terminology that we use. And, and in Lee's defense, um, our head coach is my father. He's been here 30 years. 30 plus years and his terminology is very as most older coaches I would say is very unique to things they've kind of created over 30 years it's not the common terms that you're probably familiar with from being NBA fans and and I'm trying to be more familiar with because I I talk Davidson language but I watch NBA and I'm like oh well that's what they call that so so Lee is hearing something completely different in terms of like moving to, to the United States and speaking English and then he's hearing Davidson basketball language so that, that was a challenge for him, but he rectified that a lot through the film work he would do. And, and he's, I, I would bet he's watching a game tonight and I bet he'll watch it on YouTube later. He is a, he's a junkie when it comes to watching basketball. And um, we were always trying to help him knowing that the speaking with him may not have always been the easiest way for him to pick things up, but showing him to him on film was going to really be, be beneficial. Just real quick, uh, if you can tell us what's some of the Davidson basketball language that you use, I, I just want to well, know. Half the, well, this, this isn't like the, the one specific thing, but if, if you come here and you play here and you do something well, that action will be named after you or can be named after you. Oh, okay. okay. So we had a guy named Emeka Arege a few years ago, and we have something called the Emeka move. So it's like a rocker step or a jab step, but it's the Emeka move here. And Lee doesn't understand what the Emeka move is, you know, it's, it's, and that's just one example of 40. I could, I can say, yeah. Is there anything for the point guard? um, uh, We have, believe it or not, it's the Curry closeout. Oh, okay. You'd think it'd be something a little bit more geared towards being the most prolific scorer or shooter in NBA history, but it's just the way he closed out. Um, Like the point guard that played with Steph at Davidson's name is Jason Richards. And Mm -hmm. we had the Jay Rich move. And I won't get into the details of it. It's not worth it, but like, you, you, oh, I've done that move before. I've never heard it called that yeah. before. But if you do something well, you get it named after you. So it's, it's a piece of our culture here, but it doesn't help Lee learn, learn quickly exactly the moves we want him to make and work on. It's cool, on. though. It's cool, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. we like to think so. Yeah. Um, I guess, you know what, last, last one for me, I guess this is more of a global Davidson question. Um, I feel like we wouldn't be doing our job if, if we didn't ask you something about Steph. 
Um, <laughs> you know, just in, in your view of, of how long you've been at the program, how long your father has obviously been with the program, if you can put it into words, um, you know, what has Steph's mercurial rise as, as one of the faces of the NBA and, and basketball as a whole um, done for your program? And, you know, um, I guess some of the positive ways that, that it's affected you guys. I mean, you name it, and it's, it's been endless. Um, so I, it's, it's, a, it's such a broad question, and he's done yeah, so much for our program in terms of uh, the spotlight that he, he has put on Davidson basketball that allowed us to recruit players that, you know, in, right, right when Steph finished here at Davidson, that recruit players that four years prior maybe not, would not have known about Davidson or cared to think about Davidson. But all of a sudden it was, a, hey, there's, there must be something special there. Um, so he allowed us to, to, to attract great players that fit in perfectly with us, and, and they would have fit in perfectly before Steph. Um, but people saw themselves coming to Davidson and being able to, to play on a big stage and to be successful, which, you know, maybe ultimately was why we were invited to join the Atlantic 10. And then it was a, made us capable of recruiting players that could help us win the Atlantic 10. And, and, you know, Lee's a good example. Lee knew who Steph Curry was. Not everybody in Korea knew that Steph Curry went to Davidson, but Lee did. And he wanted to be that type of player. His actually, actually his favorite player was Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson and, he, yeah, and Lee yeah. chose us over Washington state. So it's funny how that kind of works. If you think of it like that, but, um, but you know a lot of a lot of we have a number of international guys, and uh, Lee being obviously one of them. And there's so many different ways that kids can be attracted to one school or another. I, I think there's so many special things about Davidson College that allows international players and, and international parents to feel safe and comfortable with their child coming in at such just from such a great distance to come here. But I think seeing the career that Steph Curry has had and knowing that he was able to do it from a place like Davidson, I think. I think that has been a pathway for us to have a lot of successful international players, Lee being one of those. Uh, Matt, I have one more question, and this might be a little uh, harder. Uh, we talked about Duncan Robinson earlier, and obviously we know with Miami, he went into the perfect fit in the NBA. And I think for uh, – because I'm a big fan of players like Lee. That's why I wanted to talk to you. And I think for there's such a premium for shooters in the NBA right now. but I. I think that for someone like Lee, I think it's going to be very important what team takes a shot on him, where he goes. Just like with Duncan, he went to the Miami Heat, and they used him, and they use him very well. So say you're an NBA GM, and you take Lee on your team, how would you use him? I would – I mean, if you want him to be the, the player he was at Davidson – you'd have to be using a lot of the screens and, mm -hmm. and cuts. I don't know that cutting is quite as effective uh, in the NBA the way, the way we cut because there's just so many rim protectors and size and length in the paint at all times and the breaking speed that those guys have is not what, what we're used to seeing. Um, you know, the Warriors do such a good job, and I, I wish I could tell you about all the different offenses that I see watching the NBA. I, I, I typically will watch the Warriors throughout the year when I can stay up. Um, if there's a great game on, I'll, yeah. I'll flip it to it when it's not a college basketball night. Um, but then come playoff time is when I really, really get into it. And it usually takes me till about this week. So I'll be up late tonight watching the Warriors. But um, 
you know, he, he's the kind of guy, and, and I keep thinking Duncan Robinson, and that's the guy we're talking about, but, but he can space the court. So when you have a great point guard and you have a guy that can run to the rim, and that's pretty much every NBA team, um, he is going to give you that gravity that, to, to create some space. Um, you know, I see a lot of the handoffs that J.J. Redick did when he was with the Sixers and the way that they used him. And, and those are some of the actions that I think are pretty more, much more common now in the rest of the NBA and in college basketball, but some of the, something that we, we did here at Davidson where you pass and quickly follow it for a handoff to, to shoot behind it. Um, you see Duncan Robinson doing that, and you see Duncan Robinson also taking a pin down and taking an extra dribble, getting some space, and then throwing that ball back for, um, for a handoff. So, you know, I, I, I think those are the actions that make him effective. But it's, it, I think it's less about that right now and just him getting a foot in the door and being the elite shooter that he is, getting a team feeling confident in that. And then, hey, once, once he starts making a shot or two, let's see how we can utilize him, not just let's see how he can, he can step on the court and help our team have success. Absolutely. Um, I think, Coach, I think we're, we're um, good to wrap up there. You know, before we let you go, I just want to thank you so much for your time. I know you're incredibly busy. We really got a lot of great insight into Lee. We're uh, very interested to see where he lands on draft night, as I'm sure you guys are as well. Um, you know, thank you again. And, uh, you know, hopefully we, we talk to you again in the future and uh, we'll be pulling for Davidson, um, when you guys start up next season. Yeah. Thanks so much. If, yeah, if we can, if we can have a chat like this every May talking about a Davidson guy who has a chance of getting his name called, I'll be pretty, I'll be pretty fired up. Absolutely. Appreciate you coming on coach. This was great. All right. Hey, thanks so much guys. Mm-hmm.